Now, we're going to move on to the last section of the Feast of Sukkot. In the Bible, it's chapter 10 of John, verses 1 to 21. Uh, and the theme is different. The theme is of the shepherd and the sheepfold. And uh, it just begins abruptly, and many men I say to you, but we should probably uh, locate Jesus in the temple esplanade again, uh, in the courtyard, teaching. And it's still a part, as I say, of the Feast of Sukkot, Tabernacles. It ends at verse 21, and then we have the last part of chapter 10, which is the Feast of the Dedication, which we'll be handling further down after we finish chapter 10. Okay, so it starts uh, with this statement of Jesus, huh? Amen, amen, I say to you, the one who does not come through the gate into the sheepfold, but is climbing in some other way, is a thief and a robber. Now, all of a sudden, the imagery changes, right? We've been talking about light and water. Now we're talking about sheep and shepherd. It's another image for the Lord, huh? Um, and uh, there are many examples of this. I, Ezekiel 34, I'm going to, I will be the shepherd with my servant David. Uh, Psalm 77, you guided them like a shepherd. Uh, God is the shepherd in the desert. And so this is the final theme of Sukkot, God shepherding his people. Remember how Paul in 1 Corinthians 10 says, we should not rebel against the Lord, uh, against the Christ. And some of them did. In other words, the people in the desert were rebelling against Christ. How? Well, because the Logos was present to them. He wasn't incarnate yet, but he was present to them. And so, now he's going to describe how people can get into the sheepfold. If, I guess we should take a minute to consider the imagery, because we don't see much of this, even out west where they have a lot of sheep. Um, picture a house with a three-sided fence, you know, with a gate in it. Uh, at night, the Palestinian farmers, who didn't have tons of sheep, but had, you know, a bunch, they would probably, they put them all in the same uh, enclosure for the night. And they hired somebody to watch them, because they had to get some sleep. They're going to be with the sheep, the sheep all day the next day, leading them, guiding them, taking care of them. And sheep, I wonder why our Lord uses this example for us so much, Sheep are about the dumbest animal in the world. They can get themselves stuck anywhere and don't know how to get home again. Uh, that's us. And so, um, this, um, so this is the image of the shepherd, you see. Uh, you see, the one who comes through the gate, you see, that's this gate in the front, is the, is the shepherd. Now, you see what happens in the morning, the shepherds come again, and they call their sheep. Now, I hardly think, because I haven't been there much 
I used to live there. But when I lived there, there were real shepherds with real sheep, in real sheepfolds, up in like Samaria, in that area. I don't know if they're still there. But anyway, they had white nose, black foot, small ears. They gave them all names. They're, they're, they're sheep, you see. And he says, I know them by name here. Also, they know the call. Every shepherd has his own call. And uh, some may even use a flute, but it's a call. And those sheep know that call. And they'll follow him. They won't follow anybody else. So, when a little lamb is born, it runs with that flock. It gets used to the idea, I follow that call. My parents go that way, I go that way. And so they call them out, because there'll be three or four shepherds, each with their own sheep in this enclosure. And so, in the morning, when they're going to take them out, they just walk out, open the gate, and uh, walk in and start to call. And the sheep will follow the master's call. They know it. Do you see what a beautiful imagery this is for intimacy? You see? Um, and that's what it says here. You see, the one entering through the gate, if, you, if you're coming in another way, you don't kick it in the gate. If you're climbing over the rock wall, you're climbing over whatever, you're a thief and a robber. You see? The one entering through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens, and now listen to this. And the sheep listen to his voice. You see? And um, this is a little Greek grammar that you uh, can uh, put in your pipe and smoke, I guess. Uh, the verb to hear in Greek is akouin. Now, if it's followed by the dative, it means I hear. It's followed by the genitive. It means I listen. And there's the same the shemabu shemalu in Hebrew is the same kind of thing. In other words, hasn't your mother ever said to me, "You're not listening to me"? You can say, "I'm hearing you." She says, that doesn't make any difference. You're not listening to me. So how do you listen to Jesus? What does that presuppose? That we can hear him. If we're sheep, we can hear him. This, I must say, is what uh, Pope Benedict means by baptism in the Spirit. His experiential faith. He describes it um, in the talk he gave to the World Youth Day of, in Australia. You see, as being aware of what we have been given in baptism and confirmation. How can you be aware unless you are aware? You experience these gifts. They are the foundation of our Christian identity. And it's because of them and into them that the Lord speaks. You say, I don't ever hear the Lord. Did you ever ask Him? Did you ever say, Lord, please talk to me? You know, you know, when I used to teach up at Steubenville University, and I always told the students, don't leave your prayer time until you've heard from the Lord. And so, some of them would be like 8.20, they'd have an 8.30 class, the five-minute walk to get there, and they'd say, Lord, Lord, please talk quick. I've only got five minutes left before i got to leave, you know, and Father Francis finds me, he's going to ask me what you said, because I'd always ask them, what did the Lord tell you today? See, I wanted them to get used to the idea that this is not a fairy tale. And so, 
Lord, 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 I'm sorry. I was distracted. I was doing my homework when I should have been praying. Oh, please talk because he's going to ask me. You see, the sheep listen to his voice. Now, how can we increase that listening? By obeying. Really listening. Your mother can say, you're not listening to me. And she's right. You're not paying attention. You have no intention of doing what she says. Don't try that with Jesus. You'll lose out. Well, suppose now you say, I never heard this before. Well, then, if you stop and think, you have. I remember a man was talking to me. I don't understand this God talking to you stuff. I think I've told you this other story before. How this guy was here with us. And I don't, you're nice guys. I like you a lot. But this God talking to you. I don't get it. What are you talking about? Then one Sunday afternoon, he called up a buddy and he said, Listen, I was reading this letter to the Colossians and it says there, Parents, fathers, do not provoke your children. And I said, It hit me. And I said, I'm doing that to my son. I got a teenage son and he's driving me crazy. But I went over to him and I said, Son, I repent to you. I've been too harsh with you. I've been too angry with you. And I apologized to you. He said, and he just started crying and hugged me and I hugged him. And it's great. Oh, is that what you guys mean about hearing from God? Yes. It came through a very inspired word, which is a good way to hear. But it was an act, it was a reality, a realization, and it led to an action, which led to a blessing. Might have saved that kid from going off and doing dope with his friends, because now he has a father who understands him. One shot won't do it, but they're on the right track. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Listening is not just a word for a little story Jesus wants to tell. You see, um, this is the shepherd, and the sheep listen to his voice, and he calls his own sheep out by name and leads them out. That's what it means. Joe, come. Follow me. And you see, if you practice, it was an important thing. Like, um, the Lord just told me to quit school and go work. Well, if you're in fourth grade, that's probably not correct. But um, even if you're in a later, you'd want to check that one out. That's an important step in life. Quit, don't finish college or whatever, and go to work. It could happen. But then you'd want to check that. This is what I think I heard the Lord say. And let the other person who's older and wiser and experienced pray and say, no, you might be having a hard time with algebra, but you're not, that's not the Lord telling you to quit school. We need help sometimes. The more we do it, the more we get used to it. So pretty soon, phone rings, you pick it up, the other side says, hi, and you know right away. It's your friend's voice. You know the voice. You know right away it's your friend. Nevertheless, an important topic, no matter how much you're convinced, you can go talk to somebody. That's the lost art of spiritual direction. Uh, helping somebody be sure they're hearing from the Lord. Spiritual director is not the one to tell you what to do. He's the one to make sure you're hearing the Lord. Uh, I guess I'm clear, am I not? But it's so important, you see. 
and he calls his own sheep by name. Now, if he wants to talk to me, he doesn't have to say, say, Francis, but the way he talks, I know that it's him talking to me. And, uh, and he leads them out. Okay? Now, when he has brought out his own, when the whole flock is gathered, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, as the text says, because they know. And again, there's two words for know. You don't have to, you can get saved without knowing Greek, but uh, there's two words, ginoskin and idene. Ginoskin means to acquire by experience. The other means just to have a stable, permanent knowledge. Paul, we know that. Christ having risen from the dead and so forth. That's the idene. We, it's abiding, sure knowledge. <clears throat> Here, that's the word. And they know my voice. It's abiding, sure knowledge. How do you get there? Practice. And having somebody who can check you out. I remember somebody came to me once and said, Father, I'm trying to discern whether I should divorce my wife. I said, that discernment's over, buddy. You married her. There's no divorce. Forget it. The Lord never told you that. I don't have to be an expert in moral theology to figure that one out. Right? So, you see, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow. Rather, they will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus spoke the simile to them, but they did not know what it was that he was saying to them. They didn't get it. He's trying to say to all these people listening, the Pharisees, his enemies, his friends, listen, and you will recognize the truth of what I'm telling you, and you'll be free. Amen.